Queen Ranavalona III is the last queen of Madagascar. For the three years leading up to her coronation, tensions between France and Madagascar are escalating dramatically. Fast forward to the coronation. She stands up and she gives this powerful speech against colonization. She's like, I know the queen is not supposed to like take sides on any issues, but should anyone dare to claim even a hair's breadth, I will show myself to be a man and go along with you to protect your fatherland. And she raises her scepter into the air and all her subjects in the room raise up their guns and their spears and their shields and they cheer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history that you might not have heard about in history class. I am Chloe Skye. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. And I'm Sarah Gorski. And today I am going to teach you about Queen Ranavalona III. Oh my gosh, a queen I've never heard of. Yes, queen. She is the last queen of Madagascar. <gasps> Oh my god, an African queen. Yes. <gasps> she knew it was Africa. She Yeah, I, I think did. a lot of people know where Madagascar is. I just, all I know about Madagascar is the lemurs. <laughs> Period. DreamWorks fucked you up. I mean, like, is this even a real place? I thought it was just like lemurland. You knew it was like I, an island. I knew Madagascar was an island off place. Africa. You knew that. I did not know it was an island off Africa. No. Thank you, Hawaii. Shout out public education. <laughs> like the only islands we care about are ours. Also, they got great. They got great vanilla too. The, what? Madagascar vanilla. vanilla is like this like quality quality baking product. Oh. <laughs> I just told, look, look, I've known. I'm learning so many things. I learned something. Besides just lemurs, it's amazing. There's vanilla and apparently royalty. There were people there. Crazy. <laughs> I think yes, I've never actually seen the movie there. Madagascar. Am I, I still you allowed to. to be like an ant if I haven't seen those things? That's a, that's something I should <laughs> remedy. Quick. Yeah, you should find out. Just do it quickly. But anyway, this this is not about lemurs. <laughs> this is not about vanilla. <gasps> this is unfortunately this is the, this is a story about colonization. Of course it is. Which well, when I when I first looked up Queen Ranavalona the third. I assumed that it was it was going to be very similar to Lili Wokalani, mm-hmm. who was the last queen of an empire that was dying to colonization. And mm-hmm. it's there are a lot of similarities, but also there's various points in here where I'm going to like jump back a hundred years to explain something because it's vital. And what happens to Queen Ranavalona and the entire monarchy of Madagascar? started happening years before she was even born. As it does. As so, it does. You know, so she just okay. sort of inherited the monarchy right at the <laughs> at the last stages of the death of her kingdom and you know, she 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 did her best to to fight against that, but um Okay, so would you rather be a commoner across the board or a royal at the fall of your empire? The, I would rather be a royal at the fall of my empire because you still sort of get the cred, you know? And the people who overthrow you, like, don't want to kill you because then the, your subjects would hate Unless them. Unless you're in Russia. So, mm. Right. So, so like, <laughs> the, the end of this story is basically that the colonizers just pay for her to live in a palace for the rest of her life. So that's where the similarity is. Yeah. Queen Lily Oakland, same freaking thing. Exactly. Like, <gasps> tell me so, the story. Tell me so the story. Yeah, tell you okay, take the us, okay, don't, you told us the end of the story already. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's go the whole Tarantino. <laughs> you Tarantino'd it. I did. I mean, yeah, you know, it's what it is. I'm not surprised. It's ancient history, sort of. <laughs> and, and, a, and a note up front, 
when you search her name today, the, the thing that comes up first is that in December of 2020, there was a large collection of objects from the Madagascar royal family discovered in an attic in Surrey in, in England. And Whoa. the woman who owned all this stuff was named Clara Herbert. And one of her descendants put all of the stuff up for auction, <gasps> raising 43,000 pounds. <gasps> and I thought that that name, Clara Herbert, looked looked maybe a little white. Uh, and so I and so I looked into her. I looked into her before I even started looking up Run of Alona. And Clara Herbert was a poor British missionary who traveled to Madagascar, you know, to spread Christianity and ultimately was was pretty well positioned within the royal family. Huh. And I will I will explain how this British white lady ended up with 43,000 pounds worth of Madagascar items. Oh my god. But gosh. that that will come much later in the story. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that sounds like high drama. Now I'm going to be in suspense this whole time. Okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, if I'm going to tell you the end of the story in one way, I'm going to leave you a little tease in this other way yeah, you so that. that you still want to come around to the end. <laughs> We're here. We're waiting for it. We ain't going nowhere. All right, so she is born Princess Rosafindreidi on November 22nd, 1861 in a, in a rural village called Amparibe. And it seems like we're still in the age of incest being popular among royalty because her mother and father were cousins. Ew. Very common. Ew, ew. Very common. You know, it, yeah. I think they, they they sort of based their monarchy on the British royal family. And so, like, they, they kind of looked up to the the colonizers almost because, like, you know, you have this the fancy clothes. Uh, Rana Valona actually is, is known for absolutely adoring French high fashion. Like she's all about French high fashion. <laughs> Why she, like, do people love wants to go French to Paris and, so much? I don't know. I don't know. She's I get a, it. She's a queen in Madagascar, and she's like, that's that's my shit. That's what I want. Hey, dude, so, <laughs> but anyway, nice. she's she's born the niece of the of Queen Ranavalona the second, and the great granddaughter of King Andrea and Ampuina Marina. That's good, <laughs> Chloe. That was good. I'm doing my best. These Madagascar names are really difficult for um, American mouths, so I'm I'm doing my best. I think you're doing. Great. I think yeah, I think you're doing um, great too. Uh, and that that king, he's the person who sort of he created the monarchy as was acknowledged and recognized by other countries. Mm. Like there were other monarchies. It was sort of like there were a bunch of different ones around the island, and then this guy, King Andre and Ampu in a marina went around and like he ended a bunch of rivalries and like brought people together and solidified like a Madagascar royal family. Wow. Yeah. And Big deal. Big yeah. deals. Early in the life of Queen Ranavalona the 3rd, her aunt the the current queen ensures that she receives a good education, uh brings her a private tutor from the London Missionary School. They 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 got a lot of interconnections with Britain and Christianity going on. Yeah, because um, those motherfuckers were going all over the oh, yeah, damn they were, place. Yeah, they're going everywhere. Looking at all, like, woo, who, who <laughs> might be? Who can we take over? Exactly. Let's start the process. Exactly. This sounds so familiar. I, I honestly, it's kind of crazy because like most of the time on this podcast, between like all these episodes and you and Sarah and Sam when she's here, I'm like, what the fuck? I've never heard of this, and it's like so surprising. But there's something about there's something about fucking England going to like islands. 
islands and being like, oh, you have your own monarchy? Let's just fuck this up a little bit. They wanted that like vanilla. They were forming these trading routes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is they were forming these, like, massive trading routes and making a ton of money. Like, it was this, you know, they were setting up their own, like, Amazon of the time period where they have all Whoa, these shipping 100%. routes and they're... I mean, there was all sorts of... Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of reasons yeah. why they did it, but it's really money. It's money. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always yeah. just money. Yep. Ronna Valona is described as she was very inquisitive. She had a strong love of reading and learning and studying the Bible. Uh, She goes on to receive more education at a few all-girls schools. She's consistently ranked among the strongest students. And she ends up marrying a nobleman in her her teenage years named Retrimo Aravoni. Because she's the one who's eventually going to have to deal with this, I'm going to mention this now. For the three years leading up to her coronation, tensions between France and Madagascar are escalating dramatically. Mm. In 1883, in February of 1883, which is the year she takes the crown, uh, the northwest coast of the island is attacked, followed by the occupation of Mahajanga in May and the capture of Toamasina in June. So the French are just like attacking and attacking and attacking and in 1883 shortly after the all these attacks are launched her aunt the queen dies and i could not i could not find out how she died um if it was like old age or if there was like a plot behind it because Mm. was she pretty old she didn't seem like she was that old she does look kind of old in a lot of the photos so it could be an old age thing but then i'm gonna i'm gonna get to something soon that that might sort of change our opinion on that. So the our princess is set to take the throne shortly before her 22nd birthday and shortly before she is set to take take the crown, her husband also suddenly dies. So there was a law on the books at the time that whoever the queen was has to marry if she doesn't already have a husband, she has to marry the prime minister of Madagascar. Whoever that is. And, and the this prime is like minister of Madagascar. This is like pre-colonization, right? This is like Madagascar. Well, tribal I mean, law. Con- or it sounds like it. Colonization has been going on for a while. This this law was put into place by the prime minister just before the one who is currently prime minister. And this is a guy who's going to be pretty well known throughout this whole story. So I'm going to do my best to say his name, and we're going to do our best to remember it. It is Raini Laia Ravoni. That was good. Yes. Right? Raini Laia Ravoni. Raini Laia Ravoni. Da, That's da. his name. He's 55 years old and the queen is 22. And it's widely believed that he's the one who poisoned her husband so that he could marry her because he'd been talking for a while. Sketch. Like, hey, I really like, I really so, like this Oh, princess. like not just to seal power, but like, cause he like wanted to bone her. Specifically Ugh. cause he wanted to bone her. So I'm Gross. like, he was also married to her and the queen. How does that work? So, Yo, because he was the prime minister and she was the queen. Because he was the because the rules. His older brother was the prime minister before him. Are they? Was that allowed? Do they allow polygamy at that time period then? Or no? Oh, well, this guy Raini Laia Ravoni, he sort of over the over the course of his time as prime minister, slowly phased out polygamy. He also sort of was, he was one of these guys who was like, we need to make progress, but we can't make progress too fast or it's going to shock people and there's going to be violence. Mm. So we're going to end slavery, but we're going to end slavery slowly. Mm. We're going to end horrible treatment of women, but we're going to do it slowly. 
And in the meantime, he's also like... Trying to marry this hot Chuck chick who's 22. Right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And his older brother is actually the person who, who put the law on the books that meant the prime minister has to marry the queen if she doesn't already have a husband. Oh, that's oh gross God. as shit. Yeah, so when he's no longer prime minister, his little brother takes over the position and he's like, so every new queen has to automatically marry me. And he marries three queens in a row. The brother or the OG prime minister? The the younger brother. The OG prime minister dies. Right, but he's like taking care. So that's like nepotism and patriarchy. It's, a, it's and very <laughs> complicated. So like the more I, the, I, I, got, I got all this information like one piece at a time and I kept being like, wait, hold a minute. I have to go look up this guy and this guy's whole life. And this episode isn't about him, but what he was doing, I, I think our queen, Rana Valona III, might not have even become the queen if he hadn't decided she's the one I want to be queen so that I can marry her. Like, he, there were a bunch of people who were, like, in line for the throne who could have taken the throne. And he was like, I like, I like this 22-year-old girl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put her. This guy in. is the grossest motherfucker. Yeah, he's yeah, really I can just tell. He's really I haven't even gross. seen a picture and I can just tell. So Ugh. so that's Raini Laia Ravoni. And mm-hmm. he's going to come up a, a whole bunch of times. Oh, how exciting. So He sounds like the, like, Rasputin of Madagascar. Kind of. He sounds like. Yeah. But with actual political power. Yes. And <laughs> and he did, like, he was big on the fight against colonization. Like, he did not want France to take over Madagascar. Well, yeah, because he wanted to just keep, like, he banging wanted the, all the queens. Because he wanted the power for himself. Right. Well, yeah, he would lose the power if France yeah. right. took so over. Right. He, so yeah. he fought colonization for personal gain. Right. <laughs> not right. not because colonization yeah. bad. I'm like, I agree with him, but not for why he wanted to do it. Exactly. So, all right. F- fast forward to the coronation. Queen Rana, Rana the III, she decides to forego tradition. She's supposed to have the coronation attended by a bunch of Madagascar soldiers. She says, no, no, I want it to be attended by the best 900 students from our capital's best schools. So they choose 500 boys and 400 girls, which I I noted is like almost even, but it is, it's a little heavy on the boys, Uh but it's almost down the middle, boys and girls. Uh, The girls dress in white and the boys dress in military uniforms. And Rana Valona wears a white silk gown with a red train with embroidery and gold embellishments. Oh my gosh. And once everyone's there, she stands up and she gives this powerful speech against colonization. She's like, I, I know the queen is not supposed to like take sides on any issues, but here I am at my coronation saying, should anyone dare to claim even a hair's breadth, I will show myself to be a man and go along with you to protect your fatherland. Is it not so, O oh people? And she raises her scepter into the air and all her subjects in the room raise up their guns and their spears and their shields and they cheer. Yes, queen. Yes, yes. queen, indeed. <laughs> So, oh my gosh, and she's 22, right? She's 22 years old, mm-hmm. and actually, not even yet. She turns 22 later this year because <laughs> she's coronated in the summer and her birthday is in November. So, she's 21 <sighs> years Scorpio. old. Scorpio, <laughs> <laughs> yes, get it. So, she seems like she's, she's on board with the plan to fight against colonization, clearly. During her reign, however, she, she has very limited power because this this prime minister guy his older brother has also changed 
what was formerly just a monarchy that was set up by her great grandfather, he changed it to a const or yeah, a constitutional monarchy, meaning that the power would be shared between the queen and the prime minister. Mm, so right. the prime minister is actually the one like making all the decisions, and she has a sort of her position is very much like I show up and I you know play play nice and I make good speeches and I bless the buildings or whatever. Like the Queen of England. Very much like the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, <clears throat> reminds me of the crown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she helps open some courts and schools and hospitals, but she also has this, this other aunt, not the aunt who died, who was the queen, but this other aunt named Ramisen Drazana. And she is always around. She is paying attention. She shows up to every meeting. She shows up to the court. Uh, she acts as, as an advisor to the queen. She's always like whispering in her ear. And she's sort of like the the acting queen to Ranavalona the Third's like I do what she says. Also, kind of what my husband says, but like I'm more on her side. Mm, almost like a regent. Yeah, you know? kind of. There's all this information about how free time for the queen involves a lot of, like, flying kites and playing a game called Lotto. She enjoys, like, knitting and needlework. And so, like, she'll bring her her crocheting, like, to court, like, while everyone's deciding on laws. She's, like, making socks (laughs) in the corner. Um because they, they, because that's all they would let her do, or because she was like, such I think a young it's girl? it's because she's a young girl. It's what she's into, and I kind of get the vibe. Like I didn't go into this with with this expectation. I was like looking for this powerful warrior queen or something, but it kind of seems like she's like she's very privileged and like a little spoiled and like isn't mm. super interested in in a lot of like what's going on. So it's almost like. Yeah, well, I'm here doing my job, but I also just, like, want to do my needlework. And she's also, like, you know, she's obsessed with French high fashion. And she's, like, I just, like, want to look good and have fun and sort of just, like, enjoy the life. It's so interesting that she, like, is all into this, like, clothing from these people who are massacring her Right? Homies. Yeah. Come kill my people, but bring me dresses! And I think that's, like, part of why they were on board with her being in the monarch, like, with, like, France being on board with her being the monarch, is, like, well, she's already, like, sort of on our side mm. in terms of, like, she likes our culture. So it's mm. it's a little complicated. She also, yeah. she reportedly develops a romantic relationship with a French stage magician named Marius Sazenu who was working as a French spy for French intelligence to promote French interests in what her court. What I just court. said. What I just said. I bet he bought her some fucking clothes. I bet he did. Damn. Yeah, so they're like... I think he just had to be... But she, if she was a French... If she was a... Sorry, there's an actual word for it. Francophile. If she's an actual Francophile, of course she's going to have a French lover. Right. Yeah, and she did. What's a Francophile? Uh, somebody who's in love with French people. Oh. And France really? and Fr- French yeah. things. Really? Yeah. I'm French, yeah. you know. <laughs> How, how French? I mean, I don't some, shave. I don't shave my armpits. I'm oh, that I fucking guess, French. I guess that makes you French. <laughs> no, but I really am. It's on my birth certificate. I can show you. Oh, great! I got it from my mama. I know the lyrics to Moulin Rouge. Does that make me French? Oh wait, I guess that's not a song. I guess that's Lady <laughs> You know what? That, Just by your own statement, that it no. Out. That cancels it. No. Out. <clears throat> oh yeah, no. All of Les Misérables. No, I, that's French. I mean, yeah, five percent. Um, but anyway, so d- during. The next two years after her coronation, uh, tensions between England and France over the rightful ownership of Madagascar are finally coming to a head. Like, this has been brewing for 100 plus years, and now they're like, okay, we, we have to figure this out. 
1885, France arrives with an ultimatum. You're going to give us northeastern Madagascar. Uh, you're going to give us a French protectorate over the Sakalava, which is a specific ethnic group on Madagascar. And you're also going to give us 1,500,000 francs. Dot, did dot, they dot. like have them pinned? Like, did they defeat them like in battles or something? Just, like, how did they get an upper? They'd been attacking the coast for two years, basically. Like, b- before she took the crown, they were attacking, and these attacks were just escalating and escalating for years. For a while, they were having a really hard time, like, getting any ground, like, on land, but they could block off the ports, and they were really good mm. on, at, uh, in the water, and they also had much heavier artillery and could just, like, fire a barrage of cannons at the island. And so they show up, and they're like, look, we're not going to take over everything. Just give us this part that we say is ours, or else. Fucking France. Yeah. Fucking colonizers. Exactly. So Just give it to us and we'll stop attacking you. Exactly. So, you know, they do this in 1885. Uh, up until January of 1886, Queen Ranavalona and Prime Minister Raini Laia Ravoni are, they're, they're, they're going back and forth saying, all right, well, we have questions about what exactly the terminology in this, in this contract means. We're not going to sign it unless we know for sure that what we're signing is what you say we're signing. And so the, the French are like, okay, we'll, we'll put in this extra word about how this is an annex. This is like in addition to your rule. Like this isn't us taking over you. This is us in addition to you. And they're like, okay, fine. And they no, were, no, no. Annex is a bad word. Annex is a bad word. Yes, it is a bad word. Annex is a segue word. It is a segue oh. word. So you, you're, you're on the right vibe in, in what you're feeling right now. France publishes the treaty that they sign. And when they publish the treaty, they completely leave out any of the word annex, (laughs) any mention of anything that they've been negotiating with the queen and the prime minister. Of course they do. That's so convenient. That's so convenient for them. England then publishes a version that contains the annex word. You know, they, they go to Madagascar and they're like, is this true? And they're like, no, this isn't what they said. So England publishes the real version and France is like, well, you just could have made that up. Like, that's not legally binding. And so they they just announce a protectorate over the entire island. Who? England? France. France. France is like, oh. we, we because this treaty was signed, we are now a protectorate over Madagascar. It's The entire thing is ours. Oh my God! The Fuck. the Ugh. Malagasy government opposes this, obviously, and they're like, you know, we we oppose what you're saying happened because you told us it was something else, and then you just changed your mind when you got home. Like, screw you, <laughs> we don't we don't acknowledge this. Fucking France. But at this point, the British are afraid to protect Madagascar because they think the French will retaliate. And England has some equally questionable treaties in other places that France has been respecting. So they're like, maybe we shouldn't press our luck or France is going to get greedy and start pushing back against some of our other annexations around, you know, Africa and blah, blah, blah. So the British don't do once anything. Upon a time, once upon a time, I would have been surprised to hear that. Right. But I'm not surprised anymore. <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. So the British are just like, well, we're not going to help out. The U.S. and Germany ignore the French protector outright and just continue to do business directly with Queen, Queen Rana Valona. <laughs> fuck you. So Fra- France is like, okay, well, fuck you, Germany and America. I mean, right. Are they going to go? They're going to fight. They're going to fight Germany and they're going right. to fight America. They're right. Gonna, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so because Rana Valona realizes like, oh, Germany and America might, might be like on our side a little bit. So she starts sending them gifts. She sends gifts to President <laughs> Gro- Grover Cleveland. Maybe there's vanilla. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 
so hyped. To, to Grover Cleveland in an attempt to win America's military support in defending their their sovereignty. But the U.S. is like, sorry, we, we just can't put our nose in this. Like, this isn't our business. Like, you're on your own. You Do you have oil? No? Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do we have to put Grover Cleveland on a list of presidents we hate on this podcast? Oh, that should go on the website. Uh, let's add him. Let's add Grover Cleveland to the list <laughs> of presidents who suck. Dude. Just kidding. I just was trying to think of like, do we hate him for other reasons? Do we hate him because of other broads too? And I can't I don't know that. Any. I don't know that he's come up, well, honestly. Add him on the list. Dudes, yeah. we just don't. So douche, douchebag of the week, uh, Grover Cleveland, All right. <laughs> <laughs> for refusing to help in the face of a clear overthrow. But then at the same time, America's like, we're about to do this to Hawaii. I, know, I was going to say, they, so, they have the same issue, just the same reason why, like, yeah. I mean, they're all fucking colonizers. Right. Let's be serious. Right. This is like the fight amongst the colonizers. Right. Yeah. So two years later, December of 1887, the French arrive with an even more restrictive treaty. And since Queen Ranavalona has been unable to get any support from any of her allies, she is forced to sign. Uh, in Ugh. 1890, England formally recognizes French power over Madagascar. And for the next four years after this happens in 1890, uh, France attempts to violently reclaim all the land in Madagascar that they think is theirs. By 1894, Ugh. a French naval officer is sent to convince the leadership to submit to the French interpretation of the treaty, warning that all-out war is inevitable if they do not. Uh, Rana Valona and Raini Laia Ravoni both refuse. So for the next six months, France just invades the island. They start building roads through the swamps uh, so they can bring in their heavy artillery. This whole thing was very is complicated. They sent in 15,000 troops originally. 6,000 of them die because of disease. So France starts pulling troops out of Algiers and sub-Saharan Africa to just like make up for all the bodies that they're throwing at this thing and losing. But by, by September of 19, or 1895, the troops re reach the capital. And for three days, the Malagasy army is able to hold the troops off in the peripheries of the city. But once the French bring out the heavier artillery, like they show up and they come through the, the roads that have been built. Uh, and the cannons and shit like that. Yeah, and so they're like... They can finally get through. Right, yeah. so those are now pointed at the capital. And so Ranavalona III agrees to surrender her kingdom to the French. Uh, France France waits until January 1st, 1896 to officially annex Madagascar. I'm sure there's like tax reasons. You got to do it on the first of the year or whatever. And, this is so disgusting. Right? So, And by August, they announce that Madagascar is their colony and they exile uh, Raini Lairavoni to Algiers and he dies shortly thereafter. Like they're just like, you're going to live here for the rest of your life. And he just falls apart. He can't handle it. And uh, he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Slash maybe was murdered. Run of Alona after after he's sent away is like oh shit. So I have to choose who the next prime minister is because they're going to become my husband. And so she's she's like all right, let's figure this out. And she chooses General Jacques Duchesne, a French general who led a successful campaign against another monarchy. And <laughs> she's like okay, here's here's my nomination for the prime minister. He's going to be my husband, right? And France is like oh my gosh, no. Like we would never force you to marry a prime minister like he's just gonna rule and you're gonna be on the outs <laughs> and she's like oh uh let's just acknowledge that chick likes the french d okay she does she is <laughs> she's got a fetish for french Please people say what it is. for sure yeah <laughs> yep. she likes her french lovers 
Who can blame her? Okay, so I so they they got it. They're here and they're like, we don't need you anymore. Thank you. Basically, at first, at first, I mean, it's not right away. At first, they're like, yeah, you can be like the puppet queen. Like, just stay on the island and tell everyone everything's fine. Like, if you're the queen, but we're making all the rules, like, we're not going to have any problems. So they let them stay in position, her whole family, as a sort of a puppet monarchy. But then there's this rebellion that starts brewing on Madagascar. It's called the Red Shawl Rebellion. It springs up. Uh, it's conducted primarily by peasants in the highlands, and the red mm. that they've painted on their shawls comes from the specific color of soil that is in their the hills in their homelands. Wow. So mm. France attempts to put these rebellions down, but every time they put one down, like another one springs up. It's just like they just they're everywhere, and they realize that the reason this is happening is because Ranavalona's aunt is going out there. And telling them to do it. Yes, 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 Queen Regent. Yes, <laughs> the actual queen. Yeah, right. the actual yeah. queen. So the so the royal family, and not just her. It's also a bunch of the male members of the family. Like they're going all over the island and being like, "Don't you think it's fucked up that the French are here and taking over and saying they're in charge?" Mm-hmm. And all these farmers are like, "Wait, they're doing that? Fuck that! Let's go f- kill them." Yeah, I'm heavily into this behavior. Right. <laughs> So in, in 1897, the, the France discovers that the family is doing this. And they're like, okay, you know what? No more. So they execute most of the male members of the family and then send everyone else into exile. Rana Valona and her oh. aunt are sent to the island of Réunion in February of 1897. Uh, and they're under the watchful eye of French political interests. They have people who are just on hand at all times making sure that they're not up to anything. The day after they send Ranavalona away, they officially disband the monarchy. They're like, there's no more monarchy on Madagascar. Fucking annexes. And they're they're on this island, the island of Réunion, for, for two years. And there's photographs of them, and they just look miserable. They look like they're losing weight, and they're depressed. And uh, two years go by, and they're sent to Algeria. Along the way, the only thing giving Ranavalona Rana hope is we might be on our way to Paris. She's like really, really hoping that they get to go to Paris. She's like dying for a shopping spree. And, and French dick. Yep, and some French dick. And <laughs> instead they stop in Algiers and they're like, We're, you're going to stay here. You're never going to go to Paris again. And wow. she bursts into tears and says, who is certain of tomorrow? Only yesterday I was a queen. Today I am simply an unhappy, brokenhearted woman. Um, and so, you know, they, they set her up in Algiers. She becomes a local celebrity. Like everyone there is like fascinated by this like black woman who's interested in French clothes. Like, what is this weird foreign thing? Like this other. And so she gets like super famous and people are constantly like throwing concerts for her. And in, in 1901, she does finally get to go to France and she she goes on a crazy shopping spree. She's like saved up her annual stipend of francs and she buys just like tons and tons and tons of dresses. Uh, she's followed everywhere she goes, treated like a celebrity. There's press. Everyone's like, whoa, like royalty of like a dead empire. This is crazy. And a dead empire that France killed. That yeah. France killed. That now she's she's here, you know, loving us. Like, how good for us. She only gets to go to France uh, six times in her life. Uh, but the onset of World War I in 1914 makes it impossible for her to go back. Uh, she requests to go to Madagascar like, a bunch of times. She keeps asking, like, can I please go see my home? Like, it's been decades now. And she's always denied permission. Is she, like, a prisoner? Yeah, exile. 
She's like a pri- so they are like guarding her and they won't let her travel and they won't let her do Correct. anything. They're in, France. Yeah. They think she's gonna fucking they're in complete, get the farmers to fuck them up. Yeah, again. they're in complete control of her movements. Uh, they're like, we put it's you ridiculous. up in a palace, like you should be happy. No, but she's not, she's not allowed to communicate with anyone that it wasn't approved. Mm. She's not allowed to leave unless they are like escorting her. So it's it's it ends. It's really sad. She dies in 1917. Uh, and after her death, her aunt is still alive, Ramasin Drazana, and she's finally given permission after this to move to France, where she wants to, like, stay. She, so she moves there. She's completely brokenhearted about her niece's death. She's, like, inconsolable. And the, the French people who have been around in Madagascar and, like, knew the goings-on and knew the relationships between people were like, all right, we should probably bring Clara Herbert up here. Like, Clara Herbert's probably the only person on the planet who can make... Ramasindrazana happy. So they call her up. She she arrives and goes straight into her bed and the two of them are not seen for days. And she's just there. I assume some combination of consoling you over the death of your niece and crazy fucking. Whoa, they were lovers? Wait, who's Clara again? Clara is the person who ends up... The furniture woman. She, she had all the fucking furniture and the, she sold it. Yeah, so <gasps> at the beginning of the story... <gasps> Whoa! This lady. I followed Chloe. I followed yeah. the journey. Oh shit! So, but they were so they were like lovers. Yes. So Aunt Ramasindrazana uh, names Clara Herbert the sole inheritor of her entire estate. Clara Herbert, after Ramasindrazana's death, takes all of these items and keeps them in pristine condition in her attic in Surrey, where it is later discovered by one of her descendants after her death, and. Wow. So they put all this stuff up on auction, and the collection was auctioned off. They raised 43,000 pounds, but every item that was up for sale is set to be returned to Madagascar, where it will stay. And Madagascar is really excited to, like, put it on display in the royal palace as, like, history. Right, like, yo, you see this shit? You see this shit that we had before you? What's interesting is that Clara never sold it, so she wasn't trying to take advantage right. she just happened to I mean honestly this could be like the plan right like, I mean maybe I'm, I'm gonna hold on to it forever and, and it'll go back and eventually like France will be less uptight about this whole thing and, and they'll be willing to put it on display maybe maybe that was part of the plan I imagine it seems like Clara really wanted to respect Ramasan Drazana's wishes yeah so I think that this was probably in keeping with what she wanted but like this when is I one first... of the hottest missionary stories I've ever heard that she was like, they were like lovers, and this is this like Christian missionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> became lesbian lovers. Yes. Whoa! With this, with this Madagascar <laughs> royalty. Yes. Oh yeah. So I figured I figured that'd be a nice place to end this. Oh wow! Um, wow. Well, because it's sort of almost a love story. Multi layers, some kind. Rods. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a complicated story, and like contains a lot of really different sides of history and of people and of colonization. Yeah. So I learned a lot about Madagascar. I learned a lot about France. I learned a lot about colonization. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really glad that I chose to do her, even though I was, like, kind of disappointed at first that, like, she wasn't more active in, like, fighting against France's takeover. But at the, at the same time, it's like she couldn't do much more than she did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, are, what is your option at right. that point? It sounds like they were at work for a long time dismantling. Like, it sounds like... She, to me, she she was raised like in French schools, right? Adoring exactly. French things. Yeah. Yep. And, like, this had been in the works for yep. long before she was. I don't born. know. You get down that rabbit hole, and then you. I don't know. What do you know? How do you know better? And then it's like, yeah. Well, what do you know? Yep. What do you love? What do? What's your, what your origin story then? Right. Mm-hmm. 
True. It makes me really sad, though, because it's, you know, the colonizers always make me really sad. Mm. Definitely. So, <sighs> what what do we think? Should we know who Rana Valona the Third is? Rana Valona the Third. Yes, I'm adding it. Yes, but also her aunt. Yes. Let's talk. Let's like she, add yeah. her aunt to the title. Uh, yeah. and, and Clara. <laughs> yeah, Ra- Drazana definitely rose rose to the top of my broads list. And Clara Herbert. Well, because she was doing. I mean, she wielded more power than it sounds like her niece did, though. Like yeah. she was able to. She just. She was older. She'd been around a lot longer. She knew everybody. Right. She knew how to push people's buttons the right way like yeah she was she was a powerhouse yeah she handed over the goods to somebody who took care of it yep and i I was predisposed because the first thing i found in my research was that some white lady in england sold a bunch of this stuff well yeah that's exactly what i thought i was like like, whoa who the fuck is this who do you think you are and then and she's a missionary yeah Yeah, exactly i was like of course some (laughs) white lady white Christian lady gets all this royalty <laughs> shit from a black country and sells it like, ugh. but then I was very pleased to discover the actual yeah. truth behind it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh no, this was in their, their actual wishes. So yeah. White ladies like to be mentioned in history, even if it's not their history. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, that's uh, queen Ron of the third. This is my longest episode in a while. Sorry about that. I'm going to hey. edit some shit out of it. I don't think you should be sorry. Absorbed. That was good. Good shit. Love it. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to broads. You should know we have a, a database of all the broads we've covered so far at broads. You should know.com. You can suggest a broad. You can research them based on the time period they lived in and uh, send us an email at broads you should know at gmail.com yeah hit us up next week for another broad you should know and also if you if you're interested in uh, another podcast hosted by myself and jupiter stone where we talk about movies and specifically movies from 10 or more years ago that we rewatch with modern eyes check out a podcast called modern eyes with sky and stone 